Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and beautiful Wednesday morning. It's cold outside, so be sure and grab your coat, let your car warm up, and uh, hope everybody has a good day today. I uh, posted a little meme earlier. It said uh, most people like fall. I'm one of those who says 218 days until uh, summertime, because <laughs> uh, uh, I, I like the changing leaves. I think it's pretty. And I, and I like spring, the blooming of all things coming back to life again. I love summer. And my friends, no amount of words can express my hatred for cold winter temperatures. I despise it with every fiber of my being. So I, if that uh, upsets your sensibilities this morning, then I sincerely apologize. So, who do we have this morning? we got Kara Smith, Tracy Little, Amy Oaks-Turner, Rusty Paws, uh, let's see here, Mike Hensley, and uh, yeah, Rusty said, praise the Lord, Virginia is red now, most definitely. All right, my friends, let us um, do our Pledge of Allegiance this morning. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yes, indeed, do we live in the most wonderful country in the world. And as Rusty was just talking about, um, Virginia has turned red, so praise God for that. I know that there's a lot of weeping and crying and tearing up today from the Biden administration who rallied with Stacey Abrams and uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And uh, uh, so despite that, I think people might be waking up and realizing that uh, things need to change and didn't realize how good they had it under Trump and uh, I guess they were missing low gas prices and some mean tweets right now but uh, still in you know, my all sincerity think he wanted anyway I think the these mail-in ballots were stuffed and they were determined not to let him in so back as president rather and uh, you may disagree with that you're entitled to your opinion as I am my own and uh, but However, it looks like New Jersey, they're, they got a 1% difference, the possibility of it turning red, don't know. To be honest with you, I didn't think we'd ever see a conservative back uh, in any any form. <laughs> I figured they would find their way to cheat to keep them out. But of course, they're, uh, at, you know, it, then you got this critical race theory, and uh, it amazes me how these liberals want to spin it and say that we don't want to teach black history. It's, it's such bogus baloney and trying to claim it doesn't exist. It's just the lies that are pushed by liberal. I mean, lying to a liberal is like breathing. I mean, you understand that. And it just, uh, it's crazy, man. But, uh, you know, that's one thing that uh, these liberals are afraid of, of blacks and whites uniting and their love for America. And I think uh, maybe despite their push of division, Maybe we can get past that and start working together. And I think if we could do that, we can accomplish great things. But uh, good morning, Darlene Barker and uh, Kelly Jeanette Swift. Appreciate you uh, tuning in as well. All right, my friends, let's look at our verse of discussion this morning. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Alrighty, as me Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. You know, the Word of God is powerful. It is living. 
uh, you know, it's amazing how so many people, you know, I don't know, I haven't seen, you know, when I was going back and forth to uh, work on my doctoral studies in Indiana, stayed at a lot of different hotels and such, and I was like, I, don't, I think it might have been maybe one that had the Gideon Bible in there. Used to, there was a Gideon Bible in every hotel room. And uh, unfortunately, people whining and complaining, uh, they, I don't think that's a, a, a thing much anymore. Amazes me though how those who claim there is no God are so highly offended by the very name of Jesus. If he's not real, then why are you so worried about it? You know, but you know, they, uh, uh, they can't, they, because there's great power in the name of God. But you no, know, it's amazing the amount of stories of, of individuals that um, have attended our church and, uh, of course, on uh, media and different places I've seen where they uh, were on the down and out, down to the end of the rope, maybe even contemplating suicide, who knows, and open up a drawer and see that Gideon Bible and start reading and how it powerfully changed those individuals and became mighty men and women for God. And because uh, it is powerful. See, that's why people, you know, a lot of times they don't want to read it. They don't want anything to do with God's Word because they know it's going to change their opinions, their thoughts and uh, how they view the world and uh, that's why a lot of people don't want nothing to do with it. That's why they want to cast it down, tear it down and pretend like it's uh, a book of fairy tales. But God's Word has proved itself time and again throughout the centuries. Our prophecy after prophecy has come together and proven itself. It, it, you know, uh, I've used the illustration uh, probably ad nauseum uh, in regards to how even one prophecy coming true, despite the hundreds that have come true, but even for one to come true, uh, would be if you felt the state of Texas knee deep with silver coins, threw out a silver dollar in the middle of the state, dropped you out of a helicopter, said to find that coin is the amount of chances to have actually uh, uh, for a prophecy to come true. And yet we see this time and time again throughout God's Word. It has proven itself time and again. As we have read before, God does not lie. And this is a book of truth. It's something that is static that we can count on. That is a litmus test against all things. That we that is that despite what the world may say, what culture may say, what society may say, we still abide by God's word because we bank on His promises. We bank on His truth, and in the fact that it has proven itself time and time again. Look how many people have tried to destroy God's word over the over the course of two thousand years. Uh, that they want to destroy God's word and, and tear it down and claim it isn't real, yet it has stood the test of time, has withstood those who would criticize it and wish to destroy it. It has withstood all of that. And, you know, and I know some people out there, when it comes to God's word, they, uh, uh, you know, some people are, uh, what's known as King James only, you know, and I, uh, you know, I appreciate the poetic tone of King James, but if you notice, I read from English Standard Version. To me, it's a whole lot easier to understand, and it's one of the most accurate translations you actually get out there. And, uh, you know, if you're going to be a King James only, you might as well get you a 1619 Bible and read it. Try reading that. That is, <laughs> Dad's got a copy of it in his office, and it is, um, I mean, it just, it is, you can't hardly make out the words. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with reading other translations. King James is good. I have no problems with it. That's what Dad likes to preach out of primarily. I do on Sunday mornings just for the fact that uh, most people are familiar with that. And if we have visitors, that's usually the Bible they have with them. So that's why I do that on Sunday mornings. But Sunday, Wednesday evening, or in our devotions, I stick with the English Standard Version. In fact, that's probably what I preach of all the time. But it's just, I know some people, they uh, actually have people get upset with me on Sunday mornings for using ESV. But, um, you know, it is, 
when those there's a lot of people out there that say you know they want to be King James only, but look at how the Bible has to be translated in other parts of the world and country. Uh, you know they may not understand, never seen snow, and uh, maybe you know it's like uh, I think it's uh, some versions they'll say that as white as an eaglet's feather it doesn't change the meaning. It doesn't change uh, what's being uh, conveyed there. Uh, but it makes it in a way that can relate to that culture and society so they can understand what it means to be clean as white as snow. But, um, you know, I was going to say, um, it's early in the morning, so my mind's not functioning in all six cylinders this morning. Um, oh, my goodness, I've got to tell you something, mine just went, uh, went kaput on me. Uh, it's the fact that, uh, let's see, I was talking about different translations. Let's see, and how those, let's see, people have problems with different translations saying it's not accurate or right. Oh, goodness. But anyway, I can't remember what I was, where I was going to go with that. Sorry, uh, like I said, I didn't even have my coffee this morning. That's why I'm not firing uh, <laughs> on where I need to be here. Uh, but, you know, we understand. Oh, I know what I was going to say, that uh, God's Word's written by men. That's why I was going to say, but somebody says, well, it's written by men, so I don't trust it. Well, obviously it's written by men. It didn't pop up out of the ground. You know, it, God used these individuals so that it would be inspired. Uh, it's inerrant. It's infallible. God used these men. They were able to use their personalities. But God, that's why it's called uh, inspired. God breathed that into them. And the fact that they took such Spain, uh, Spain, such pain, such painstakingly <laughs> uh, ways to make sure the word gets out there. They would count every word. They would make sure that every letter was correct. And there's been times when they throw away whole manuscripts because they were, if one little uh, word may be off or a letter wasn't correct, they throw the whole thing away and start over the way the monks would do it to make sure that we had a, a, a proper uh, translation of God's Word. Now, I've heard people say, what about the lost books of the Bible or the book of Enoch, stuff like that? Well, the church fathers had shown that they were so many inconsistencies that they could not incorporate in the Word of God. Some of it was plagiarized. Some of it was historically inaccurate. And so there's no lost books of the Bible. or uh, There is a book of Enoch out there, but it's not inspired. Uh, and there may be some, some truths in that, but it wasn't uh, considered canon and, and that could be a part of God's Word. So that's why that's not in there. I get that question a lot. What about these lost books of the Bible? There's no such thing. Uh, it's just that it was not considered um, uh, part of God's Word. Um, so uh, God's Word is living. You know, as we see here, for the Word of God is living. Uh, God's Word is living and His Word cannot be separated from Him. That word is living word. It can not, never be exterminated. As Isaiah 40, verse 8 proclaims, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Since God is the author of life, his living word imparts life in several ways. You know, that's why, you know, we, and when we are sinners, we uh, are headed to hell. We were dead in our sins. We, you know, but Jesus Christ, through his word, gave us life eternal, gave us life everlasting. Praise God for that, that we can read his great word and understand what God sent his son to us to save us from a very real hell. You know, and it's a shame we can't get this in the hands of more people and so they can see the power and the glory of God and what this is about and it's life-changing ways. Uh, you know, it is, and some people always ask me, how do I read the Bible? You know, it's the Bible's not set up like a novel. You read it from cover, you know, from start from the very first page to the end of the page. So many have done that and have had success. That's great. Uh, but that's why I put on there to how to read the Bible in a year. 
uh, because it, it breaks it up and shows you what to read for that day. And for me, it helps me to stay consistent because and many times I just just simply before then I would just open up the Word of God and just like oh, okay I'll read here and it might be like I just turn to Philippians four well, I might read Philippians four today well I don't know where to read over here so I might jump over here to Second Samuel and then but then the next day would come and I might turn to Philippians again I say well did I read that yesterday or was that day for yesterday you know there was no there was no consistency and so that's why I like to read the Bible here again to stay on track and that's why I encourage that. But you need to make sure you're in the Word on a daily basis. You're spending that time in prayer. Uh, but God's Word imparts new life to dead sinners because sin, we all in this world dead in our trespasses. We see this, uh, and we we're alienated from God. We see this in Ephesians 2. Um, that's what I'm saying. That through this, this is life-changing, guys. This, the Word of God is life-changing. If you are neglecting God's Word, you are doing a disservice to yourself spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Not only to be able to stand up against the fight that we're in every single day, but see, this is nourishment. This is why this is called the bread of life. This is a, this is what we have to have. There's a lot of anemic, anorexic Christians running around out there because they're not taking in the daily bread that we need for sustenance, for growth, for understanding. Uh, you know, you you wouldn't uh, walk around all day. I mean, you tell, look at me. I don't miss many meals. And you wouldn't walk around all day uh, saying that you didn't want to eat because you didn't have time. Now there's people like that out there. Well, I didn't. I forgot to eat today. I don't know what these people are smoking, but I will never forget to eat. <laughs> so you know, I, uh, <laughs> I'm usually right there on time every time for food. But you know, there's. Uh, uh, but that's why we. You know, if you continued in that kind of uh, mentality in regards to your physical nutrition, where you're going to. Just like Dr. Phil had on his show the other day, this anorexic, where she was only taking so many calories a day on the verge of dying, the organs shutting down, losing her teeth. You see physically the ramifications of, uh, of what had happened when she did not have the proper nutrition. Well, see, that's what happens to us spiritually. If we're not in God's Word, it, the, the ravages of sin and death are going to devastate us in ways that we can't possibly imagine. And that's why we must take in the proper spiritual nutrition of God's Word. And it's important that you're in this every single day, whether it's in the mornings before you go off to work or school, at lunchtime, at supper time, or before you go to bed. But at some point in the day, you need to make sure you're spending that quality time with the Lord. And um, over here, the Word of God is active. The Word of God is living and powerful. Okay, so it's active. That's where we get the word energy from the Greek translated active. It means that the Word is effectual. It accomplishes what God intends for, uh, for it to do. And uh, Isaiah 55, 10-11 states, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return, or without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower, and bread to the, to the eater, so will my word be which go forth, goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which, it, for which I sent it. And um, uh, so when you read that, you know, we, we see more how active and powerful that God's word is. And there's, like I said, there's a lot of people who's going to reject God's word. There's a lot of people not because God of this world is blind enough. And uh, they may uh, hear with their heads, but they won't understand it in their hearts. And that's a sad thing. You know, that's why when you're arguing with somebody that's an atheist or an agnostic or whatever, uh, they're not going to, you know, you're, I'm not saying you're wasting your time. I mean, you can, like I said, make your points and then get out of the conversation, whether it's in real life or virtual. 
uh, because you're just they're, they're blind. Until God touches our heart and mind, you're not going to get accomplish anything. But all we can do, and what we're called to do, is plant that seed and tell somebody else about Jesus. If they refuse it, that's all in them. It's between them and God. They can't stand for God on Judgment Day and say, "Well, nobody ever tried to tell me." You know, so you did your part. You can't. I know there's a lot of times I like to take a Bible and beat the crap out of somebody. You know, because you look at them thinking, "What is wrong with you?" You know, but they're blinded. They can't see it. But God's word is sharp and piercing. It's a sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit at both joints and marrow. Some use this verse to draw distinction between soul and spirit, but that's not the author's intent. What then does the distinction between joints and marrow mean? Rather, he is using figurative language to show that God's word is sharp and it cuts deeply to the very core of our being. Unless your conscience is hardened beyond remedy, you cannot read God's word or hear it preach faithfully without getting cut in the conscience. You know, that's another reason why people don't want to hear the name of Jesus. Is why they don't want to open their Bibles. They do not want to be convicted of their sins because it does cut to the quick. It does cut to the core of those issues in your life that needs to be dealt with. And that's why people don't want to hear it. That's why they want to have prayer at ball games. They don't want nothing to do with it because then they are brought into the light and that darkness hates the light. And that's why they don't want nothing to do with it. And that's why it's important because, it's, you know, if we don't read God's Word, it's like I'm as as God's word tells us, it's like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. We, he must look in that mirror and reflection to see what needs to be changed, what needs to be corrected, what needs to be fixed. And the only way that those things can be uh, put on the right direction is by uh, spending that time with the Lord to get us back on that right course. But God's word is an authoritative judge of thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word thoughts refers to negative thoughts related to emotions such as anger, which a man may wish to keep hidden from others, but which God knows. So it is, uh, tensions here refers to a morally questionable thought. So this is from a theological dictionary. The heart refers to the totality of the inner person. We get our word critic from the word translated judge. So the idea is that God's word is able to, able authoritatively to act as critic of, of our innermost feelings and thoughts, showing us where we are wrong. So that's why it's important, guys. You know, it's so easy to get off course. It's so easy to, to lean on our own understanding. You know, that's what we see in Proverbs. You know, lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and you'll keep your path straight. That's what we have to do, to stay on the right path. And if you don't do that, then uh, you're going to mess up royally. And I am living proof of that, where I thought I could do things in my own way uh, well, before I went into the ministry. And I screwed up time and time and time and time again. And you think somebody you would learn after once or twice, but uh, I was a hard-headed idiot and uh, thought I could just do things my way instead of God's way, and I had to pay the consequences for it. So my friends, in order to keep your path straight, you've got to stand the work. It is powerful. Encourage your friends, your families, to uh, family members to read God's Word, to be in it, to be diligent, to study it on a daily basis. We must continually to grow spiritually. And if you are stagnant, if you're not on fire, then there's a problem. That means you've got to get more into God's Word so that you can get back on the right path. Because, guys, the time is short, and we've got to make sure we're giving our all to Jesus Christ. So I hope that this will give you a little bit of encouragement this morning to, uh, to, uh, to spend that quality time with that intimate time with Jesus Christ each and every day. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you so much for your good word. Lord, I do pray that you'll help us every day to continue to grow, to, uh, to be fed by the word. Lord, help us to be strong spiritually. Help us have the drive and the desire to serve you 
with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I will lift up uh, Ron Thompson. Uh, his son-in-law passed away unexpectedly uh, yesterday, and I pray that you be with him and his family as we're dealing with this loss. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you'll be with Kim Penix and Ginger Hood and Larry and Donna Knight and, uh, Lord, so many others who are uh, dealing with loss or issues in life. Uh, Lord, that you will guide them and your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, be with all of our uh, wonderful brothers and sisters who are watching this morning and that you'll keep them safe and well, along with all of our kids and spouses who are going off to school and work, that you'll put a whole age of protection about them and bring them home safely. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning, and uh, don't forget, uh, if you don't want to ride but would like to donate, there is a, uh, we're having the Barry, Barry Mason Memorial Toy Run uh, this Sunday, November 7th, uh, kick stands up at 1, at 1 p.m., $10 donation per rider, and uh, so if you would like to just donate, this does go to help buy uh, Christmas gifts uh, for kids that uh, might not ordinarily get any, so if you would like to donate, there would be greatly appreciated so all right my friends but uh let's uh, hope everybody has a great day today a fantabulous day and remember live each day as if it were your last because one day it will be thanks for watching and god bless